amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, I'm up. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of... (laughs) Silly. (laughs) Are you okay? No, no, no. (laughs) Hi, guys. This is the take seven. (laughs) Welcome back to Father Knows Something. This is episode 98. Do you think you'll make it to 98? Well, we were here. This is 98. But like age. Oh, don't ask him that. You're going to give me anxiety. No. (laughs) You're not one of those guys that's like, yep, I'm making it to 100 no matter what. No. No. You don't want like a nice century? Well, I would love it, but the reality is it's genetics. Genetics is- Let's just not talk about this. I know. He's your guy. I'm mad at him for bringing it up. He's your guy. (laughs) I don't lie. You ask me a question. No, you're going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. Well, I will live forever because as long as you guys remember me in your heart, you pass it on generation to generation, and I keep my mouth in the mic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll be you're gonna come haunt us. I you you especially. <laughs> <laughs> you got you're already in the reservation book. I'm glad. Nice. All right. Okay. Well, 98. This is a bit of a a juicy episode. Um, you found a couple stories. Justin found a couple stories. I found a couple stories. It's a a little blend, but the theme is ordinary struggles. But while they're ordinary problems, like They've they've got some tea to them. They're a little juicy. I like how you did that. Mm-hmm. We all, you know, even regular ordinary life, you know, it's entertaining. Okay, you didn't introduce our our, our guest. Oh, yeah. oh, this this guy was. I was sitting in the um, first. I was sitting here, and somehow he was over here, and I touched his head, and he went down. <laughs> yeah. And then I went and I sat over there because you kicked me out of the chairs because I was eating peanuts. Yeah, you're a messy guy. You lost your privileges to eat on the white furniture. So I went over to other white furniture, just to let you guys know, which is in the other side of the camera. And uh, I watched Justin as he was trying to fix our little friend over here. And it kept going up and dropping down and going up and dropping down. His legs were broken. And I said, he'll be fine. So then, of course, Dad's Fix-It Shop, which we don't have the sign here because it's at the house, mm-hmm. uh, he got involved. And what happened? Oh, he's fixed. I told you I'd broken toys. You asked me last week. Well, I broke it. You didn't break it. Because I remember I came off like I did oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't you. It was me. His name is Jingle. Jingle. Great to meet you. He's excited okay. to be here. Yeah. Are we ready? Are we ready. Let's tear into it. And uh, as the holidays are getting closer, let's... Let you all know that we're wishing you great holiday season, and thank you for bring, making us a part of it. Yeah, and uh, let's spread love. And uh, as we're on the road and we're going through crowds and we're doing things, let's not let our bad sides and the dark side of us take over. There is so much anger on the roads as I was driving, 
Oh, road rage rant. Okay. I got to tell you something. I was guys. wondering where you were going at this one. It's bad. Driving home, I saw accidents after cars were flipped around and it was just horrible. So LA, uh, it's just, it's not even fun. It, it is so, so frustrating to watch what people are doing on the road and how n other drivers are not considerate of one another. I'm watching red light runs left and right just because someone doesn't want to wait and cutting people off. And yep. guys, we really, we live in a society, we have to watch out for one another. And it starts with every one of us. So I really think that we just take a deep breath and love one another. And I'm wearing my shirt because I got, we had like a reunion of neighbors that we had uh, tree decorating last night and dinner and hot fudge and ice cream. And I will tell you, reach out to the people you grew up with, the family that you you loved when you that you really came from the same neighborhood, and say I love you. I'm thinking about you, and reflect on your on your life and your relationship with them because it's so yeah. special. Okay, let's go. It's a long intro. Okay, Poor I'm people. done. I'm done. I'll be <laughs> okay, quiet. let's let's get into it. Tear into it. I really don't like tear. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Let's tear into it. What are we tearing into? What? That's just gross. We're just going into it. We're ew. Dive it. Well, you're you're okay. Okay, let's uh, let's open up the uh, the conversation. Let's open up the tool bag. Open up the tool bag. There, yeah, that's enter better. the shop. Great. Let's enter the shop. Ready for number one? I am ready for number one. Okay. Number one. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. My best friend Jay died suddenly on Thanksgiving 2021 after a short battle with COVID. Jay and I have been friends since 2000. And when I say friend, I mean we have been inseparable. He was with me for every major life event, from introducing me to my wife to the birth of both sons. We were brothers. In 2014, I introduced Jay to my other friend, A, and they started dating. They were in a committed relationship for six years. They lived together for five years, but unfortunately, they broke up in early 2021. Jay was the one who ended the relationship because he moved out of state to pursue his dream job. Three months before Jay died, he started dating S. Whenever I'd talk to Jay, he'd never talk about S but kept asking how A was doing. It would get to the point I told him to cut it out and he should be more excited about his new girlfriend. When Jay died, S got treated as if she was a widow of 30 years by Jay's family. She got to sit in the family-only section at the funeral. She's invited to every memorial and his family keeps giving her the widow treatment. Jay and his family were not close. They were bullies and abusive to him growing up and didn't know him or his private life. So they have no idea that he was still asking about A every chance he got while not even talking about S. So my wife said I should write you, she's a big fan, and ask your opinion on this. Should I break the news to Jay's family that S wasn't that important to Jay and to stop treating her like his widow of 30 years when we all get together for his memorial this year? Well, my feeling real quick 
initial thought, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. The only person that we really care about her feelings that she knows that she should really know how he felt was A. A really needs to know the importance where she was positioned with him. And the rest of them, let them go do their thing. It doesn't matter. Why why go make S feel betrayed or or screwed or whatever, some negativity from this thing? He's gone. It's over. And we don't really know what their dynamic was together. So the fact that you really want to make sure that A gets the recognition of where his heart was, then you go to A privately and you have a you know invite her over for dinner and say, I want you to know something. I think you need to know it. And because she may have some feelings that are uncertain what was really going on and she should know where her position is. So I, I that's where I kind of lie on this one. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting place to be that I don't know if we've ever really encountered in our discussions here, but it's interesting to think because I, I understand the feeling of wanting to go say, hey, no, like, here's how it really was. You know, that that inner feeling, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you see this happening, but... It's annoying in, to watch. In all reality, yeah, it. what difference is it going to make? except for you, except for you, right? What's What difference is it going to make really out in the world? I like the thought of addressing A and, and letting A know. Mm-hmm. But really the rest of it, I mean, they're all, everyone's grieving. Everyone's going through a big loss. It's big life change. I'm sure the, you know, the holidays are coming up and that's on in the mind. So holidays are going to be different. X, Y, Z is different. And so it, it's just maybe unnecessary to mm-hmm. throw that in. And then my other thought was, yeah, he may not have been talking about S and you would probably know Jay better than anybody. When someone's by your side every day and you're that close of friends, I mean, you know, you really know someone. Uh, but if I were in that position, I mean, I think even three months in with Morgan, if I had lost Morgan, that would have been like, world ending for me even though yeah we hadn't dated for six years but i was just so head over heels obsessed and i was locked in and i knew i'd found my person so that would have broken me and i would have wanted to have that relationship with the family and grieve with them because i would have needed that and so who knows i i know maybe organized situation in three months in is a little bit different than j and s was but considering that three months in can be pretty serious still. I agree. I think honestly, you don't know what he was saying to her. Mm -hmm. Like this was very new and maybe he was asking about a, just to be a good person and like check in. And like you do care for someone after six years of dating with them and living with them for five. So maybe he was literally asking about a, just out of care and concern to be a good person. And like, Hey, is, is a okay? Like is a good but it doesn't mean that this relationship with S was any less serious or real. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's maybe a little privacy that could have happened, especially with him moving away. I think the only thing that telling the family, oh, he wasn't that serious with S is going to do is kind of make you look bad. And if it annoys you so much and it annoys you seeing this person get treated like this, have your own memorial. Do your own rep, like recognition of your best friend because it sounds like the family didn't even know him that well. The family didn't treat him that well. So 
whatever show they're trying to put on, let them put it on. Have your own celebration of life of him and recognize him in the way you want and that you that feels good for you guys that knew him and loved him because the family sounds like they're doing it for their own showboaty reasons, maybe, especially if they weren't close and treated him bad. I, I'm going to cap this off with a thought. Okay. So my thought is, first of all, I'm sure there is guilt. If the family weren't connected, there's some guilt going on. Yeah, potentially. With, with those, with that family and stuff. And death, when you lose someone that's part of your family, there it, it's no different you cut off a tail off of a lizard. That thing's still wiggling. It just doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. But you may in your mind need to go put it, what would he want? He was your friend. Would he really want you to go to S and, and assassinate the feelings or memories that she has? Because if he really wanted to assassinate her and, 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 and damage her and hurt her to that kind of pain, especially right now, don't you think he would have broken up with her before and said something? There, something would have happened. So I want you to think about that. And I think Morgan was very right. This is, isn't really for you to fix. Yeah, I think you kind of have to ask yourself, when I read this, at least, it feels like there's some jealousy that you weren't the one sitting in the family-only section, that maybe you aren't the one being recognized as his best friend. And the reality is, like, maybe ask yourself why you might have negative feelings in regards to those things, Mm -hmm. but then also recognize in the same breath, you say, his family didn't know him. His family didn't treat him right. You were his family. And if you want to feel better, don't interact with them. Put on your own thing. Do your own thing for Jay because that's probably what Jay would have wanted. So, you know, do what's going to make you feel good remembering your friend. You don't have to go to his family memorials. You can do your own thing. And you don't have to really raise yourself up by bringing anybody else down. Yeah, and I get it. It's so frustrating to see someone who gets recognized for maybe something they shouldn't. I'm thinking of like work-related stuff, not obviously funerals, but I can imagine it would still feel just annoying to watch someone just kind of get toted around for not really a deserved reason. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, it's frustrating, but I think, you know, hearing your ideal outcome too, short of Jay coming back, that S would go away. I mean, S and him, they dated until the end of his life. And that is a part of his life. So I think you just got to move past it and start recognizing your friend in a way that does feel good for you. And And it was a part of her life. Yeah. And you can't, like, they didn't break up. Like, if he would have dumped her, then yeah, it's probably a different story. But they dated until he died. I will share this with you that there are people in my life that I have dated and the day that I'm gone, I don't know if they'll ever really know what they meant to me, but because I, they meant a lot to me, doesn't mean the person that I was with at that moment didn't have any significance. Everyone has a different level of significance in, in one's life. So let's all be adult and be fair to other people's feelings. And it goes back to our same thing. Let's be nice to people. Yeah. And I will just add, like, obviously our writer and Jay are very, very close. Um, Jay went to their place for every holiday. They'd Mm -hmm. go on every vacation together. Mm -hmm. And this is a friendship of 20 years. So this is a real, real significant friendship. And 
you are struggling with a huge loss. And I don't want to discredit that. None of us do in any way. But I think, you know, maybe S is just kind of the punching bag for your your feelings and grief. Yeah, grief fucking sucks. Grief. So I would I would just start doing your own thing. Honestly, it sounds like the family didn't even really know him. And that would be annoying to watch them try to come in and be like they were the best family and they loved him so much after years of abuse. So do you think do he, your own thing? Do you think he's wrong to call A and say, Hey, I just want you to know that you meant something special to him? No, if that if that makes you feel better and like I don't know, like I guess you have to ask yourself, like, is that gonna do more damage to A or is that gonna make A feel better? I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah. Moving sure. along. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. How about that? Number two. Number two. Yeah. Dos. Let me get in reading position here. Dos amigos. No, it's dos hombres. Dear father knows something, friends. Thought he was going to propose, he broke up instead. Oof. My boyfriend, 26 of three years, broke up with me, 28, female, over the fact that in our whole relationship, I never showed I was happy with the way he showed me love. For context, it is words of affirmation. And that is not his strong skill. His is touch. I get annoyed when he doesn't show me love how I want to because I expect perfection and I have some unresolved trauma about broken promises and communication. This is my first relationship. He's the guy I've lost my V card to and the only one I felt comfortable around. He's honestly like the son and being with him makes me want to be a better person. I never knew that my bad attitude about his love language could lead to this. Truth be told, I did dig my own grave two months ago when I told him, quote, I don't want to be constantly disappointed when you don't show it to me how I want. He broke up with me last night and I wanted to throw up, had IBS, couldn't walk, and at some point thought it really is the smartest to call an emergency because the chest pains were excruciating. He says he might not be the one for me and that lately it is just not the same and that he realized he can't give me what I want because when he fails and I get disappointed, he feels like shit. I don't know what's the one or if he might be one. Truthfully, I agree that something is missing. When we met, it was an instant connection, no anxiousness, no doubts whether we liked each other. There was no passionate desire between us. It was a calm love, and to me, it was okay. Did I sometimes want to feel fire between us? Yeah, I found our relationship calm. He is my calm harbor, and I cherish that it cannot be described. I do want to marry him. He's the perfect person I'd want to spend my life with and trust with our children. What do I do? How do I change his mind about the breakup? He seemed so sure and said he's been thinking about it for two months now. He mentioned it only after I asked him if he sees our future together, to which he said no, and that we should break up. Please help me with your wisdom. I don't ever want to lose him, even if I can hold him as a friend. Tough conversation, tough reality. Last night I, at dinner, 
I, uh, childhood neighbor with her husband. I was hearing their story and they said, Oh, we broke up for five months. And I said, have we had this on our show? It's a constant, you know, the good news is, is that if he's recognized the fact that it, it's, he can't provide you what you want. There's something missing. He feels as there's something missing. It's probably best that you let, let it go for right now and see what happens in the future. Go on with your life. And if something crosses at that time, again, it does. I have been with different relationships that I've realized something was missing and that I, whatever it was, and it was never going to be to the level of a relationship, maybe in some ways that I had before. And I was able to sense their disappointment and cared for them greatly and broke up. And the person said, can't, you know, can't we get back together? And I said, I don't want to mislead you. And I don't really feel it. It's just not, you're disappointed. It was the same, same story you just recited. And at the end of the, at the end of the day, I actually tried to be friends to reach out later to be friends. Cause I did think that she was great. Never responded. It's angry. And that friendship never happened. So, oh, well, I mean, it's, you have to go what's best for everybody. So it may not be that uh, you guys can be friends later or not, or you'll get back together later or not. But for right now, the reality is, is you need to move on with your life and not dwell on how to get him back. He's got to figure that one out because he's the one that said something is just not there. Yeah, I I hear this and I think there needs to be some personal growth on our writer's end. Um, when you describe your communication with him and saying, you know, you kind of recognize it as you digging your own grave, but saying, I'm tired of being, you know, disappointed or what? Constantly disappointed. I'm tired of being constantly disappointed. That is treating your partner with such contempt. Um, there's an amazing relationship expert that we've kind of talked about named John Gottman, and he has the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Contempt, stonewalling, defensiveness, and criticism, I believe is the fourth one. And using those against your partner is like the nail in the coffin. You might as well just start digging that's kind of what he talks about. And you end up in this roach motel and it's, it's amazing. He's got amazing books and so much data to back up his teachings and what he talks about. And I would, I would start reading his books because the way you communicated to him isn't great. I think it is important to know your love language and kind of understand what you like and what your partner likes and how to, you know, reciprocate and make sure they're feeling loved and whatever. But I don't, think love languages are an end-all be-all. It's the communication and how you're communicating to your partner your needs and your wants. And hey, he might never be a words of affirmation guy. And if that's what you absolutely 100% need, then this isn't a match. I think I would take, take a step back. And if you come together down the line, that's amazing. But put in the work personally now so you are ready for him if you guys line up again. Because unless you put in the work, what is going to inspire change? And I, I have a friend who is kind of going through the same thing with, you know, a relationship and recognizes she's not perfect and has these issues. And I go, well, what are you doing to address them? 
Because even if you're not with this partner and it's with the next partner, you're going to have the same issue. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to work on that? So it's not an issue in every relationship you have because no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to get it 100% right. Mm-hmm. But but how can you communicate in a nice way that is respectful to your partner and mm-hmm. doesn't come across with contempt and almost, you know, cruel jabs because that's just that's not healthy for a long-term sustainable relationship. I agree. I had a lot of ideas in my head and you kind of just said every single one of them. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing I'll add is what I see from this is that he recognized you were unhappy and he took it upon himself to think about it, think about what he is able to offer. Mm-hmm. And I think he came to the conclusion that he's not going to meet your standards and did the right thing that we say a lot of people should do on this mm-hmm. show and said, you know what? I think it's best if we split because I can't keep you happy. So, you know, the, the, the lesson to learn here, and I, you know, we all have a tendency, 100%, I did it, is you really want to cling on to that first relationship. It's really tough. I, I had a really hard time with it where, you know, you'll, you'll stay even though things are clearly not right. Yeah, we've all been um, there. Not saying that's the case here. That's just another general thought. But like you said, people aren't perfect. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm looking at the additional info. Yeah, I was going to say, forgot, do you have any? He forgot the second anniversary and almost every 100th day of our relationship. So I'm just thinking like, you know, it's where it's, it's having a healthy level of expectation with someone that you're with. You know, maybe your expectation is, is, is impossible to to reach. And that's something to think about, you know, what are you expecting? Is that, you know, is it just simply that the love language was never there or that it wasn't to some, I don't know, you know, to some level. To forget a second anniversary is a bigger deal. So maybe this is more along the lines of you were comfortable with him and, you know, you went through big things like losing your virginity to him, but maybe because of that, you were trying to make something work that just wasn't meant to work. True. Could have just been a mismatch from the start. I, th- I think you let time go by and you'll see where you guys really fall out. And maybe you can become friends. Maybe you'll find out that you're inseparable. Maybe you'll find that you've moved on. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to number three. Number three. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right, number three. Let's go. Hi, Father Knows. I'm a huge fan of your podcast and... THT. Thank you. And I listen to both of them every day. Yeah. On to the problem. I, 21 female, am in my last semester of college and have been offered a job as a reporter with a paper I interned at if I can get a car and license by January 1. The problem is I just have my permit. 
I have a license test scheduled for December 22nd, the day after my birthday. I thought my dad could teach me how to drive. However, I just tried to do a lesson with him and he yelled at me for small mistakes. I understand that making mistakes while driving can be deadly, but we were in an empty parking lot. It was making me super angry and stressed. I told him not to yell at me and he kept going on. Mm-mm. I almost parked the car and got out and left. After I got home, I cried. I really need someone to teach me how to drive, but he seems like my only option. Additionally, as for getting a car, I tried to get a car loan, but I was denied. I have no money and my dad has bad credit. I don't live with my mom, but she has worse credit. I'm starting to accept the fact that I might not be able to get the job, but I at least want to pass my driver's license test. Any advice would be appreciated. That's a fun one. Um, you know, because dads could be a good dad doesn't mean they could be a great teacher. And sometimes we are a little emotional more than we need to be. I know that when my brother wanted his daughter to learn to drive, he realized quickly that he would not be a... Uh, appropriate teacher. An appropriate teacher. <laughs> He then put me in the driver in the passenger seat. Oh God. And where she went up the road and I thought she was gonna hit every car as we were going up on the road on the right hand side. And I realized <laughs> I'm not the appropriate one and I got all the patience in the world. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so that all being said, in California, we do have a wonderful school called California Driving School. <clears throat> they are trained. Mm -hmm. They have dual wheels. They have people that take mass quantities of relaxants. (laughs) They must have to. (laughs) (laughs) To, to go, you know, do this, 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 uh, this lesson of this gift of whatever you want to call it. So to take away the humor in it and get back to your root, look, you're going to have to find a way through a, a, a driving school that may be offered by a school. High schools have it. Triple A. Triple Do they have it? Mm-hmm. Oh. So you need to really be able to go back and do this. I would also go to your the paper because obviously they know you. You interned and say, look, I'm gonna I want the job and I plan to get here a certain way, but I don't have my license and I'm trying to get it get it defined. And people typically understand there's a certain amount of time of leeway. We, if we really want that person as an employee, because we mm-hmm. value them as an employee, we will try to help to, to, to facilitate that. Cause you're looking at a relationship of, of quite a while to be working for somebody. It's a relationship, not just, not just a job. And they brought you on board and offer you this job because of the relationship that you have successfully have been growing. Yeah. I think that if you go to them with with an open book and tell them what's going on, I think you might you might still figure a way through this that you won't lose the opportunity. You guys will both win-win and succeed and you'll be a great reporter for them and a great employee and you'll be committed because you've guys committed to one another. And as your dad, you know, behavior right now some dads just again are not good with this kind of stuff. Honestly, he could have car anxiety because I've thought about this with like Justin and I, you know, having kids and who's going to be the one to have to like teach them. And I think I could handle like parallel parking and 90 degree backs and parking lot stuff. But when it comes to getting on the road, 
my car anxiety is so bad, I can barely keep quiet when he's driving. So, and I'm an expert. You're okay. Well, I know I know you don't keep quiet when I'm driving. No, because you're <laughs> terrible. So it could just be a bad match, but I will say. If, you know, a driving school or something like that mm-hmm. is unaffordable for you right now, ask a friend. You're you're 21, and in most states, you just have to be 21 or older to have someone with a permit drive with you. So if you have a friend that's the same age or a little older, you should be able to have a friend teach you. Like, that should be kosher. That should be good. Unless you're really bad. Well, no, but I think I think that should work. But um, I was going to say like public transport, if it's available to get to work for the first month, could be Uber. And I know like some people are like Uber is so unaffordable and obviously depends on what city you're in um, and how far you have to go. But I know for some friends, it's cheaper to take Uber to work every day than Mm -hmm. it is to own a car. Could you have to park the car payment, the car insurance? Mm -hmm. Just all of these other aspects, gas, like everything that goes into owning a car, especially when you're buying a a cheaper used car, there's a lot of maintenance costs. You could pay two grand for a car and then it breaks the next day. Like they're just kind of, they're kind of uh, wild cards. Absolutely. And so it could be cheaper until you start getting a safety net with some savings and you can get a reliable car. It might be cheaper to Uber and And public transport. Oh, yeah. And then you can work in the car. You can read a book. You can text. You can browse. Like, I loved, loved taking the bus to work. It was so nice. Yeah. All of these become viable options if you go sit down and have and the conversation. Be open with yeah, them and say, great. here's my situation. And the most, the, the most important thing to make it a viable option is you have to buy into it. Yeah. You can't say no to it. You have to say, if I really want this job, I will make this happen. Yeah. And so take that focus in your head, how you bad you it. want it, and you make it happen. Yeah. I think that is a great idea. And I think being transparent with them and just saying, you know, I will do everything I can to do this. However, you know, I will be here. I will be reliable. I will make sure I'm on time every day. You won't have to worry about that. How did she intern? How'd yeah, how'd you get there during that? <laughs> well, I wonder if it's I don't know if it's so much about getting to work as it is of getting to the different places you have to report from. Ah. True. Well, Reporter. Bopping well, around. Well, again, you will same options. And and remember when you start being a reporter for for a company, depends on how you're hired, they provide you with a vehicle. Some do. Some do. So I would definitely look into all these, but but the first answer is you have to have a conversation with them because you do yep. have to get your license. And you also, I would definitely look into some of the uh, um, the high schools for driver training and things of that nature because they offered it and they probably have a night, you know, a, a nighty night option if you go to their adult education department. And I would try that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I remember doing behind the wheel because- when you have your permit, you are required in Minnesota to do at least, this is granted over 10 years ago, you were required to do three behind the wheels with an actual driving instructor, and then they signed your little permit card. So, Do you want to know what mine said every time? Outstanding. Why Great was I even driving, here? But the one negative was lead foot. Still Ima- got it. Imagine that. Still got it. Mor- Morgan was Whoa. driving at the age of eight. <laughs> I was driving young. I'll teach you to drive. Where are you? Um, oh, God, no. I don't know. But maybe parking lot. We'll start parking lot. I think I can handle that. 
but I might be worse than your dad, honestly. You're funny. Uh, <laughs> You're funny. I, 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 I do have one more last statement. Then yeah. we got to go into the next one. Yes. You would be worse than her father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No I'm going to try. You I'm, need your own break. That's what my guy yes. had. I think if I had my own break and a small sense of control over my destiny in my life, I think I'd feel better. Go call adult education. <laughs> I learned from an ex-sheriff. Good. Mine was my old middle school principal. Good, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving along. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Hi, Jerry, Justin, Morgan, and Holly. I'm a longtime listener, first-time writer. I'm ready to ask you for advice on overcoming something that has been a hindrance on my quality of life. I'm a 27-year-old female, and as long as I can remember, I've been overweight. My father spent most of my childhood and teenage years drinking and emotionally abusing me. I've gone to therapy on and off for years, which has helped me immensely, but I've seen to come to a halt in my progression when it comes to exercise. I've never been an athletic type of person, and growing up, my dad would force me to run alongside of him riding his bike or driving his truck and shout at me to continue until I would throw up. He forced me to join gymnastics and berated my body when I was in the leotard uniform. He put diet pills in my food when I refused to keep taking them. That caused me to overdose on caffeine. He'd say horrible things about how I'll never find love and I'll die by the age of 30. I tried exercising on my own, and he always made it about him, telling me how I'd thank him when I'm older that he pushed me so hard. Well, I'm older, and I can't ever stick to a routine of moving my body and staying healthy. My very supportive and loving partner has offered to go to the gym in our apartment with me, and I don't know how I feel about it. I can't stand the thought of anyone seeing me while I move, which I know sounds ridiculous. I wish I had a physical activity that I enjoyed doing to keep me healthy, without the doom feelings or my dad's voice in my head shouting at me. So much love for all and any advice is very appreciated. Ideal outcome. In a perfect world, the ideal outcome is to be the healthiest version of myself by finding it in me to overcome my childhood trauma and properly take care of my body in a fun, consistent, maintainable way. Additional, I have thyroid disease. I don't know if you are familiar, but I bounce back and forth between hyper and hypo. It's another thing that makes it difficult to remain consistent with exercise. Having thyroid disease, as my doctor explained it, can make doing anything physical take twice as much effort, and the recovery from physical activity can take twice as long. All right. Well, here's I'm going to start by saying that when it comes to weight and what we do with our bodies, uh, I'm far from an expert. I have taken weight on. I've gone the, the, the wild side, taken it off. I've done every kind of, of, of different theory and they've all worked. They've all, they've, they only work as long as you decide to stay on it. You get back into your vice. It goes off. You start dealing in thyroid issues. Morgan, you have had a lot of, lot of expertise and knowledge within thyroid. Um, it all plays in. So, you know, it's, I don't know if I really have the answer far as your weight, far as yourself and your dad's relationship. I really can't uh, imagine why he can't just accept you for who you are and 
love you and not beat you up on it. It's a, it's enough. It's not like you don't recognize there's something going on with you and that you are not happy about it, but you still need your, your family support, no matter who you are and what you are. Maybe that's an easy conversation and not one of yelling, but to say, you know, dad, if you don't think I'm aware of this, it's something that I'm, I deal with. And it'd just be nice if you just accept me for it and not to criticize me consistently and abuse me that way because it doesn't help. It hasn't helped. It only makes me hurt. And if you really want to hurt me, then keep it up. But if you don't want to hurt me, don't do it. Thyroid stuff sucks. My grandma's hypo. My mom was hypo, but she had a bunch of masses. So she actually had a thyroidectomy. I'm hypo. Um, thought it was Hashi's and autoimmune for a while. So thyroid, I know well. I mean, I look at a piece of cake and it fucking just sticks to me. So it's a struggle. But, you know, something you have to kind of ask yourself too, one, what your dad did, extreme abuse, just terrible, terrible, terrible abuse. And I'm kind of questioning, like, you know, you have these issues, you're working with a doctor, hopefully getting your thyroid balanced with, you know, Synthroid or other medications. Um, but, you know, your dad's obsession with your weight, you see this a lot with moms, I would say, more so. And is your weight even an issue? Like, are you at a healthy weight for your body, but your dad just thinks it's wrong? Like, what is your dad's ideal weight for you? Is it 100 pounds? Because 100 pounds isn't necessarily what's healthy for your body. Like, I think like there's just, there's a lot to like even look at there where it's like, what is healthy for your body? And forget what he wants because that might not even be healthy or attainable. Like some people just have bigger bone structures and they carry differently. That I love the images of people and it's, you know, usually you see it in women's advertising right now, especially but it's a group of women all lined up and there's some that are six feet tall. There's some that are five, two, but they're all 140 pounds. And it's amazing to see how different bodies can carry the same weight. Mm -hmm. So it's really just determining what's healthy for you. Um, and I think like when it comes to physical activity, you just got to find something fun. Like you can work out in such fun ways. Like horseback riding is a workout. When we go riding, I don't ride very often right now. So when we go riding the next day, I'm like, oh my God, I worked muscles I haven't worked in forever. So you don't have to work out, work out. Like you don't have to go down to your gym. Go find any activity that you like to do moving. Or try different activities. Try, yeah. You Class pass is incredible. Remember when I got into uh, paddleboarding? You're a big paddleboarder. That I, is an amazing workout. And I had never done it before. I used to be a swimmer and I went to a different, yeah, I, I like to go kayaking at one point in time. And then I all of a sudden I got on a paddleboard and said, this is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's work. Yeah. And you can do it. And it's, you don't have to fall off the board and get wet. You never have to get off the stay board. Stay on your knees if it's too hard. And That's a trick. You'll be fine. And no, you got to stand. You we stand. Try. Try. Come on, it's, we stand. It's, it's a good attempt. But you'll get it. There's there's <laughs> bicycling. There's, you know, all different type of activity. If you just go into a magazine and just see what people are doing for motion. Um, I'd like to say pickleball is picking up very quickly. The biggest problem with pickleball is people don't really realize you have to loosen up first. 
And all of a sudden they're on the court. And before you know it, there's a lot of people falling over and and breaking bones. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And and you don't have to be in great shape to do it. It's just activity. But the biggest, most important thing is stretch. Stretch. Okay. Make your muscles uh, ready for it. One thing I thought about, and Justin used to come with me when I did this, but I love the ClassPass app. Um, There's also a couple we've had as partners um, that are like online fitness platforms that have a variety of classes. And I loved mixing it up, like trying yoga, going to Pilates. Um, There's like silk classes where you hang on a silk. There's trampoline classes where you bounce on a trampoline to really fun music. And we used to go to that all the time. And something I was going to ask you going to those classes do you ever remember even like watching other people and like remembering what they were doing? Not really. So you being worried about other people seeing you move, trust me, no one is paying attention to you. They are watching themselves in the mirror mm-hmm. and they're worried about how they look. Well, because- I forget what that's called, where you think like even when you walk yes. into a restaurant, you think everyone is like watching you the whole time and no one even... It's like you think you're the center of everyone's attention, but you're really just another one in the mix. No, no one cares. Everyone's worried about how awkward they look. I literally have been to so many workout classes and I can't tell you one single time that someone else has stood out to me for doing something weird or awkward. Like I'm the awkward one. Like we all think that about ourselves, even the most fit people. Trust me, I go to workout classes with Alejandra and Lauren. They work out at least five times a week. They are very in shape, fit people. And they're only concerned about themselves too. No one cares (laughs) about other people there. Like do something fun. Like don't stress about it. Well, I think you you have the biggest piece of this covered, which is the inner motivation. You want to be the healthiest version of yourself. You know, I don't know how to get your dad out of your head because that is so awful and I can literally see that happening. The second your heart starts beating and you actually start moving and you're you're doing it, you just hear him screaming at you. Like, I think the best thing for you is to find either, whether it's a recurring class where it's the same people, mm-hmm. um, a few people you can do workouts with or go to activities such as pickleball, any of these things. But to be the healthiest version of yourself, um, just what I've learned in my years of training, is diet and it's what you eat. Mm -hmm. And that can be a big thing. Whereas if you start looking at different videos on YouTube, and I know there's a lot of misinformation, but if you find, you know, nutritionists or people that have proven they know some things, you can really start to refine different parts of what you're eating. That's a a big step to take. Mm -hmm. The other 30% is actual exercise. As long as you stay moving, Mm For a lot of people, it can be as simple as literally going for a walk. And walks are awesome because you walks get out. Walks are some of the best You get for outside, you. you reconnect a little bit with being like nature and just being out and feeling the breeze and, and those types of things. Walking is amazing. I remember just growing up my whole life, it was always, we go walk the dogs after dinner. I took off 50 pounds about four years ago. Yeah. And... All it took was me making my mind up. and It's the inner motivation, yeah. And once I, it didn't matter what anybody said. When I really made my mind up 
And yes, for the first couple of weeks, I had someone help me just by cooking with me, keeping me on that trail of that of what foods I really want to bring in and kind of help me with the select plan of it. And that locked me in yeah. and it worked. Yeah. And I don't think that, and then, you know, of course I got, I found my friend, Mr. Pizza and Mr. Cheese and um, Mr. Cracker. Yeah, you're real bad right now. You're a naughty snacker right now. I'm a naughty boy. The the, the biggest piece of it yep. is consistency. Whether will... it's going for a walk every certain interval, once every three days, once every day, whatever it is for you. Walking work. It's staying consistent. It's going. And if you're going to do pickleball, if you go and play once, mm-hmm. you'll see no change. But you might get hooked on right. pickleball. If you go and play once every week and you, you fall in love with Make it, whether it's pickleball friends. or whatever activity. Yeah. And you love it. We can. Your dad's voice will start getting quieter right. and quieter, and you'll start loving it. And then, if you really get into it, when you start to see the results of what you're doing, you're so proud of yourself. You'll be hooked on it like a drug, where the motivation inside of you is so strong, and you're like, "Fuck what my dad thought. This is for me. That's I'm right. doing this for myself." That's right. And that's the inner transformation that I think could be so beautiful. It really and it works. I mean, I we all find our excuses. I had a car accident. And that was my excuse for not moving the way I was moving around and doing things. And yes, my weight went up. And then I'm, all of a sudden, you know, but I do know that if I really get, finally get in my head, I will find something that doesn't cause me pain to go move and get that motion and get that discipline back. Yeah. Well, and I want to pick on that. So you said what doesn't cause you pain. Our listener is dealing with thyroid stuff. So, mm-hmm. like they said, it's, two times the energy. Mm-hmm. With my thyroid, I deal with a lot of fatigue. I'm always tired. I'm literally always tired. I don't ever feel really awake, awake, unless after a shit ton of caffeine. So make it attainable. And that's for anyone with like disabilities or chronic conditions like MS and things like that. Like move in a way that feels good. OB Fitness is the one I wanted to talk about that we've worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. And they have over 20 different workout types low impact to high intensity, Mm -hmm. five minutes to 60 minutes. So if you only have five minutes and that's what your body can tolerate, five minutes is amazing. It's better than zero. Better than zero, that's right. 10 minutes, like they're having a really fun fitness, fit mass, like kind of to play off Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, 25 days of fit mass, fitness, I don't know what, I'm saying it was so weird. 10 minutes, upper body, all you need is little hand weights. Day two, boxing, no equipment needed. Well, you get to box elves. Yeah, something I'm sure. <laughs> but it's you can literally, this is not an ad. We've worked with them in the past. I've tried it and loved it. They have a free trial right now. So go try it. Yeah. Just see how it goes. Try a five-minute one. Some nice stretching. Get ready for the pickleball. But yeah, I think, you know, kind of like what we've all said, like keep working with your therapist. Fuck your dad. Like get that voice out of your head and just do it for you and start having fun. Make it fun, not exercise. Find the fun. I agree. Well, as we approach, I mean, you know, New Year's Eve resolutions, Mm -hmm. every single year, all the gyms see everyone sign up. That's right. And then slowly but surely each month they all fall off. And I really, the hardest part is getting started. Second hardest part is just staying consistent. Well, your family was in the gym business, so I'm sure you saw that a lot. You're an expert. I mean, it's the, the amount, I mean, January 
you know, January one, two, three New year's resolutions. Yep. But the, but that means it's the perfect time to try because ex- how many other new people are going to be in there? Exactly. Yeah. There's everyone's going to be in there. Trying and then the challenge out. for you can be to outlast all those newbies. Hey. <laughs> Stay with it. Whatever, Honestly, yeah. But it doesn't have to be a gym, you know? No, whatever I hate you the gym. Do, whatever you do, do. It's better that you are so right. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. You keep moving. Just don't, move. And don't listen to anybody else. Just, you got to focus on yourself. I mean, it's, it really is when people get involved and start giving you pressure and start pointing at you and saying, don't you eat that cookie. I'm trying to help you. It's not helping you. Yep. I'm going to eat this fucking cookie and then I'll go for a walk after. Go fuck yourself. Uh, or it comes from within where you're like, mm, I really love like all the work I've put in and I've walked five days this week, mm-hmm. I'm going to skip the cookie. You know what? Because I'm proud of what I've accomplished right. so far and I'm it, trying to, you know, it, it is whatever, all about balance. It's for you though. Whatever's mm-hmm. going to make you happy. If the cookie is going to make you happier than, than not, you know, life's too short to not eat the cookies. The, the, the only <laughs> thing the that cookie. I, the only thing that I would really think that might help if you, if you're not a nutritionist and not really aware of all the right foods, have someone step in and help you for the first few weeks. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah I think it, it helps work. It depends. Thyroid um, related, if you haven't looked into the AIP diet, um, it's just a way of eating that works really well with those with thyroid disorders. So there's some things to, to check out too. Okay. Okay, number five. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Big finale. You held up four. It's not I thought, four. I thought it was four. It's five. Five and final. Whoa. Where you been? Wow. I fell asleep apparently. <laughs> not again. Not you know, again. It's not that I fell asleep. <laughs> Seriously. My <laughs> memories, you know, it gets a little. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Let's go do it. My 23 female boyfriend, 25 male, just got asked to be a groomsman for his best friend's wedding. 23, 25. I'm doing pretty good now. The couple getting married have been friends with my boyfriend since they were all in high school together. The bride's bridal party includes a woman, 25 female, who my boyfriend used to date in high school and remains friends with now. When she was asked to be a bridesmaid, she said yes and asked to walk down the aisle with my boyfriend at that part in the ceremony. This is where it's a good time to say I've had to work on my attachment issues throughout my relationship with my boyfriend because I have had very emotional reactions to situations like this in the past. About a year ago, I saw 25 female flirting with my boyfriend across the room at a party. I bottled it up until I had a breakdown one day, went through my boyfriend's phone, and questioned him about any texts with her that seemed suspicious. At the end of the day, I don't trust 25 female, but I trust my boyfriend. So how do I avoid reacting like that again and ultimately help this wedding be a good experience for everyone. Ideal outcome, stop freaking out, enjoy the wedding, and not do or say anything that would stop everyone else from enjoying the wedding. Additional info. The bride and groom are having their bachelor slash bachelorette party together also. In the past, my boyfriend told me he doesn't have romantic feelings for 25 female, and when they dated, he realized she wasn't his type. I trust my boyfriend 
but am more worried he'll get put into a situation that I feel some way about. We've had we've had stories like this in the past. This is a juicy one. Whew. I got but some I got some feelings. Let's go back to the basics. The more they the more flung you start flinging in the air about this thing and start showing your insecurity, the worst problem you're going to have with your relationship. And if you're if if there's any cause in your real mind to think there's something really that's going to be a problem, then maybe you should rethink it. There's too many people who go down the aisle and when they get there, they finally say at the wedding, they either say I do when they should have said I don't, or they should have said, you know, we need to call it off. The reality is if you you're going to have to be able to have trust. And if you trust them and the more that you trust them, the better it's going to be in reality for your relationship. So I have a question for you. Sure, go ahead. So let's say our writer does truly trust him. She's saying she trusts him. It's the girl she's worried about. You can trust your partner, but do you feel that they should have a certain level of respect for you to maybe not engage with certain people that are being disrespectful to you? Well, let me let me let me ask a question because I missed one part when you were when they said, can she be a bridesmaid? She said that she wants to walk down with her boyfriend. The ex-boyfriend. She wants to walk, go so down our with writer- the groom-to-be? No, he had it right. He had it right. He was he just mixed the him and hers. He was saying to walk down with your boy, her boyfriend saying the writer is her. Yeah. Yes. So You had it straight. So the our writer yep. is the current girlfriend of this guy. Is she the one that's getting married to this guy? No. Okay. Oh. Yeah, he's confused. So our writer is writing in, she's just a girl dating this guy. Okay. This guy has friends that are getting married. Okay. The bride is friends with his ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend is is a bridesmaid. And they're going to walk down the aisle together. She said, can I walk down the aisle with him? And then she flirts with him all the time. So our writer is being like, I trust my boyfriend, but... I don't trust her. You can't control. You can't control the people in life. You just can't. So yeah, you want to go back and say, should she have respect and all this other? She, if she wants to be an immature person and be disrespectful, you're not going to be able to control people. It just doesn't. It's not reality of life. She's still got to be con, con, uh, confident enough that in him that he is locked. Look, I can take this guy anywhere in the world. I know one thing: he's locked. He, he isn't budging. He's resolute in what he wants in his life. Strip club. Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> I can guarantee that it's it's not an issue. And nor if he went to a strip club, would you be would you be bugged by it? I have one of my best friends went to a strip club. His wife would ha- would forbid him from doing it. She walked in one time, she took him by the back of his hair and she pulled him out. <laughs> Some people have their boundaries. Yeah. And there you go. Was yeah. he doing anything wrong? No, but he certainly lost some hair that day. You got to trust who you're with. It's the end of the story. If you do not trust him, then move on because there's something trip- tripping there. Go I, ahead. I was going to say, I have a question for you now. Because I this. have the biggest question okay. of all. Okay, let's to hear whom? it. If she truly trusts him, would we have a write-in? Um, maybe not. Because there's something, it's I trust him, but there's a little asterisk with it, and then down below it says, "But there's this girl." There's a there's a burr, isn't because there? Because if you trust someone 100% ironclad, 
Let me you ha- would trust them to a point where you expect them to put up a wall for all this. And it's not going to be an issue. So here's my question I was going to okay. ask you. Go ahead. If this were me and one of my friends was getting married and the guy that I was going to walk down the aisle with was an ex-boyfriend who still flirted with me and was asking, can I walk down the aisle with Morgan? And If I had seen for the last five years of you, this person flirting, and you're like, yeah, 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 it's just who he is and whatever, and there's nothing going on and I truly trust you, I'm like, all right, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, like it's, I got one for you. Let's just bring it. Because I would believe in my heart truly that you would not play into any of it. Yeah. And if you're not going to play into any of it, what does it matter? But what don't you think just like to respect our relationship, don't you think I should have gone to my friends and been like, it's kind of weird that we would walk down together. Like we're all friends in this group, but like we're not together because a lot of times in weddings, you do see people that are married or together and friends with both people and they walk down together. These two aren't associated anymore. Why is she asking to walk down the aisle with him? I mean, in a perfect world, she wouldn't. She would respect it, but she's not. She's just whoever, what she is. But why can't he go to his friends and be like, hey, you know, this is kind of weird. Like, can I What if you don't want to stir the pot? I don't don't understand her reasoning and I really don't care. The bottom line really is, is that do we trust him? It it goes into my world. I love this, this, this saying. It's binary. It's black or white, no gray. Do we trust him? Yes or no? You absolutely would. You could walk down the aisle with anybody and you'd be fine. You're not going anywhere. You're not drifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Okay. Amy has a guy that she dated years ago. The two two of them who I, I know, both of them, the bottom line is she could be very cheap. He can be very, very frugal. And they go once a year to a conference looking at, at jewelry because that's that's their business. Point is, they go. To, they, they, they she goes. Do you care if I share a room? I said I could give a shit because I trust her. Here's where I'm getting. I think you can have all the trust in the world for your partner and okay. truly mean it and believe it. But I think there comes a point where you also don't need to keep getting shit on by someone. And I think there's a thing here where. Maybe this isn't the time to stir the pot. But if there's someone that keeps disrespecting your relationship, you get to a point where you're tired of getting shit on. Well, then she and should then have you a conversation. Ask yourself if he's not willing to advocate for you, and there is this level of disrespect, one might interpret it that way. One could say, Morgan, you're being crazy. This isn't a big deal. But for me, this would start to feel a little purposeful. She's trying to wiggle her way back in. What's going on here? And it doesn't matter. Like there comes a time where there should be a basic level of respect. You're now dealing with this friend group. Everyone's in it. Don't keep shitting on me. Don't keep in trying to weasel world, your way in. I, but make your life an ideal world. What happens? Can control what, her. What happens? But wait, you can control. What happens your, if she's really not shitting on him? Wait a minute. What happens if she's really not shitting on him? This or shitting on her? That that the. That this is just her interpretation. Why does she want to walk down the aisle with her ex-boyfriend? Who knows? They might be friends and they may, may have some fun. Maybe Make I, friends I with a new groomsman. This is where we're going to agree to disagree. And I would love, I don't know. Like I just, for me, this feels, this feels a little purposeful. And maybe it's because I know women 
a little better than you guys. And I think girls can be a little malicious sometimes. And this feels too purposeful. This doesn't feel like an innocent, I want to walk down the aisle with Charlie. Okay. <laughs> let, let me help you. On, I don't like it. Let me help you with your argument. Okay. Here's your argument. I know there's people in my life that would, that accepts the fact that I have a girlfriend, but in their own, they, they always, there's a little cynicism in their, their comments to me and I don't like it. And I point blank have said, I don't like it. So I've stepped up and said, not interested in that behavior. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But it's also, I, but I myself can tell when that's going on. I don't know from her view, what she's seen to what he has seen. Okay. So, so but yeah. So, so, I mean, a lot of this is, he, we got to really find out from him. She needs to ask him, does he, does he see it as just, fun and play or does he see something that's really being disrespectful to me because if you see that she's being disrespectful to me i would hope that you would you know not allow that to happen if you care for me that part i get that's what's like annoying for me and the bottom line if she can take him you don't want him like if something happens on this bachelor bachelorette trip you don't want him like truly if she can take him let her you don't Absolutely. want him. But if he's kind of just like turning a blind eye to disrespect, that's where I'd kind of get annoyed and be like, hey, like this is your friend. I would appreciate if you would just say like, hey, I, I'm with my girlfriend. I really love her. Like, could you cool it? Like, it's just kind of annoying. Like, I just like it, it would bother me if it, Justin it, had a girlfriend, like truly a girlfriend. And even if they had never had a past, if he had a girlfriend that was super flirty and touching him all the time, no matter if I trust him, it's still annoying and feels disrespectful to me. Now I got a question for you. What happens if she's really not behaving to the limit that she is seeing, but she's interpreting it as that? Anybody else would say, you know, because I don't want her to be a jealous girlfriend. No, and our imaginations can sabotage and get the best of us. Because if if, if her imagination is sabotaging her, she may have just screwed up from her own insecurity. A hundred percent, self-sabotage, yeah. A a great guy. So you need to weigh out really, is she really being disrespectful to you? Or is she just being a friend that they've had history? They're, They're friends, they can enjoy each other, but not have any future together. And that's really where you kind of have to make your own determination. But I would not be. Don't be the paranoid, jealous girlfriend. But at the same time, like you can have these open conversations. Yeah, with you your can partner. Just, you can look at him and say, I just want to ask you a question. Do you if you if you at all see it if, where it's just disrespectful to me, I would hope that you would step up and say this is disrespectful to, you know, to Andrea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I think that's the best way to proceed forward probably without stirring the pot. And, you know, if he doesn't want to ask to walk down the aisle with someone else, like let them do what they're going to do. Do I think it's weird? Yeah. But that's, that's, can me. we, can we agree that we agree on something besides disagreeing? <laughs> I think we agreed on that to have the conversation. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really want to hear other people's opinions. Cause I'm sitting here with two boys and, Excuse sometimes, me. Sometimes I'm not a boy. Sometimes boys don't get it. I am a man. <laughs> sometimes dudes don't get it. I'm your freaking father. But as soon as it was flipped, it would be like, oh no, it's all fine. 
No. No, if I had an ex-boyfriend, like if I had this situation and my ex-boyfriend was like, I want to walk down the aisle with Morgan, I'd be like, why? All right. Well, I want to thank you for enjoying the show with us. That was number five, by the way. It was. Not number six, not number four. And uh, we look for you to come back in about three minutes. Pop on over to Patreon and let's uh, continue the fun. Keep the party going. So uh, we haven't said this a lot. And I really, when I watch TV and I hear, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. uh, Sometimes I find it crazy, but do me a favor. Just because we do uh, enjoy doing the show and we do like the fact that we see the acknowledgement. Please like and subscribe. Yeah. It helps us out. It does. So uh, let's roll on. Good night. Bye. See you next Bye. week. Hey, guys. Before you run away, we just uh, finished our Patreon, and there was some. it was very funny. And I don't <laughs> think you don't – I just can't believe you're going to want to miss this. So definitely take a little dip. <laughs> yeah. The problem The problem is serious, but Dad, Dad's got some jokes. So in order to maybe entice you a little bit, we, we had to share this this punny one. I thought she was going to cut it all out. She says, no, we're not cutting <laughs> it out. <laughs> Nothing is getting cut. We are letting this one air raw. 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 <laughs> Enjoy. Bye. Five minutes later. We got a juicy one. A juicy one. Oh my gosh. I How do, is it like a juicy one? Like a, like a three inch steak? It's very- Like a Chateaubriand. It's very sexual in nature. So it, So there's meat involved. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.